0: i Spaces
1: DeFi here, happy to be your host on this Astroport space today, Astroport warp space today. Um, I may have a little bit of background audio, so uh, if at any time it gets overwhelming, uh, just let me know, and uh, I will put myself in another location to make sure everyone can hear loud and clear, Uh, but I think a good place to start would be just introductions, so maybe let's just go around uh, the horn and introduce yourself, Um, You know, maybe just talk about the team you're a part of.
2: Sure, yeah, let's let's start with Astro, since they're the hosts. Go ahead. All right. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Stefan. I think you know me from previous spaces. Uh, I'm a contributor at DoFi Labs. Um, specifically, I'm contributing to AstroPort governance, trying to make things happen, trying to ping uh, like builders to help um, kind of create proposals so that we can then vote on them um and then just coming up with different ideas to improve vast report and hopefully launch on other cosmos chains
3: cool awesome um, we'll just we'll just let danny introduce himself when he's able to join um, but i'll go ahead and introduce myself i'm vlad i'm the apps team lead at tfl um, and here at tfl Um, We're core contributors to an app that um, that we created called Warp. Um, And Warp, for those of you that are unfamiliar perhaps, maybe just coming from the Astroport side of things, um, Warp is kind of like uh, a programming language that enables automations on-chain. So it's like an automation engine um, that contains a, a permissionless and decentralized network of keepers and job creators um, that allow you to schedule jobs for the future based on, um, you know, whatever conditions you set. Um, and in particular for Astroport, um, that would be limit orders. So once your condition for price is set, that limit order gets executed um, and you're able to essentially pre-sign what you want to do. Um, and I also work on contracts for work.
4: Great. And I, oh, oh sorry. Looks like we got one more introduction. <laughs> <laughs> The newest member of the community call. Uh, Hi guys, my name is Georgi, um, and I'm one of the core devs at TFL. Um, I currently work on Warp protocol, and actually Warp is something that Vlad and and I engineered like back in the day when we were working on Fountain, and Warp basically was like the next evolution of that protocol, if if people remember it. I work on many different things. Like, I'm a, literally a full stack developer. So, I work on like smart contracts, web apps, SDKs, indexers, what have you. Um, I also worked on Anchor, if people remember that protocol, the famous one. Um, so, yeah, nice, nice to see all of you here. Yep, great, uh, great to have
1: you. And, and thank you for the introductions. Uh, and so, I think, you know, Vlad, you, you touched on it there. I think it's a good place to start. Um, and, and if you don't mind, maybe we just go back a little bit and, and just rehash that like a very basic summary of warp, right? I know you talked about, um, you know, the jobs and the keepers uh, but if you were to really like break it down very simply for our audience, what, what would you say is the, the purpose of warp? What can you do with warp?
3: All right. So I'll go ahead and speak about the problem that we encountered um, as, as kind of a preface to why we created warp. Um, so we realized that, you know, a lot of protocols and a lot of users have needs to execute proposals in the future. Um, like for example, recurring executions that you see on like, uh, liquid staking derivatives that happens every 24 hours, um, or for limit orders, right? Like you have to wait for a price to hit, um, or for fountain. And the idea was, you know, every X amount of time, um, you'd have a payment that would be like streamed over. Um, and so we realized that um, to do this um, to do these executions, um, you only have really two options of how you can do that. You can either sit there um, personally at your computer and wait for these conditions to to become true. So if you want to do a limit order uh, per se, you just have to sit there and, and wait for the price to happen and then and then do an insta swap. Um, at at market price when the price hits Um, or your other alternative would be to run a bot. Um, And these bots would have to be programmed by, by you, by the user. Um, And they would have to run. So the way bots work is they run basically 24 seven, they check the conditions they check, you know um, for the case of limit orders, they check the price every, you know, X amount of seconds. And then when it hits, it executes, Um, So obviously, the problem with with option number one is that nobody really sits at their computer for 24 hours a day, um, just waiting for things to happen. Um, So that's off the table. Um, And then for bots, um, number one, it's kind of inaccessible to the general user. Um, Like not everybody has the ability um, or the willpower to go ahead and create a bot. Um, and, um, number two, it could be quite expensive and tricky to maintain the infrastructure for that. So typically, um, you'd either run it on your own servers or, um, you'd go ahead on like, you know, some, some cloud service and you'd run your bot there. So, um, either way, um, you as the user or the protocol, if it has automations, it would have to run a bot. And so we decided that, you know, there has to be a better way. Um, and initially, we had a use case for Fountain, and Fountain was purely time-based. So it was like, okay, every you know hour, we want to send um, you know this amount of Luna to a user, um, and then that way we would stream payments. And so Warp became like um, this this product that you know based on time, it would send like recurring transactions where you sign it the first time, and then and then from then it moves on. Um, And then we decided, you know what, there's there's so many other conditions that aren't time-based that might still happen in the future. Why don't we make warp possible um, to execute basically any condition or any set of conditions um, that you can think of? Um, And so we began designing a protocol that, you know, no matter what happens on chain, um, you can pre-define that Um, And then you basically create a job with that condition. And then once that condition hits, it automatically gets executed for you. So you no longer need a bot um, because you have this keeper network monitoring it for you. um, And you also don't need to sit there at your computer.
1: Yeah, no. And that's um, that's very interesting. So if a good summary, I just want to make sure reading you correct. Right. It would be something along the lines of a decentralized network of people that can post jobs with conditions, right? Right. Um, particularly time-based. Uh, and then, you know, a decentralized network of people, um, protocols, bots that can execute them, correct?
3: Um, yeah, so not just time-based. The, the, the really cool thing about warp is that you can set your condition to be literally anything that happens on chain. So it could be a time-based, you know, mixed with um, a price, for example. Like you could do DCAs, um, DCAs mixed with price. So like the time has to be a week from now and the price has to be, you know, less than this for me to buy. Um, and so it's basically so generalizable that you can have any set of conditions be executed for you when it happens. Yeah. And
1: I, and I think that's great. And um, I think you definitely touch on really kind of the user experience side um, and, and why as a user uh, that you know warp is optimal um, and be, because we're on the call with Astropore and I know I know the topic is limit orders I'd be curious to pick your brain a little bit about um, you know the other side of it which is protocols if you can expand on that a little bit.
3: Um, yeah sure so Um, for, for, yeah, there's obviously the side for the users, right. Um, and then for protocols, it's pretty useful because protocols don't have to run their bots either. Um, so one pain point with protocols, right. Especially protocols that want to be fully decentralized, um, is a lot of times they have to rely on, you know, running bots. And then when you run bots, your entire protocol is dependent on these bots to stay up. Right. And then if something happens, um, you know, you're, you're responsible for, for, for going ahead and fixing those bots. And there becomes a single point of failure. Um, and the interesting thing with warp is that once you create a job, right? That's like pre-signing a transaction for the future. Um, anybody um, is able to execute that job for you. Um, so what we mean by, by a network of keepers is that literally anybody could be a keeper. It's fully permissionless um and the only requirement for executing a job is that those conditions are correct. So if you see, you know, the 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 price is corresponding to someone's condition, you or I or any other keeper, which is typically going to be, you know, a bot if someone wants to get those quicker, they would run it. So instead of having a single point of failure which could be your server or or your bot that you wrote, a protocol is now, you know, um relying on an entire network of, of actors that want to execute it. Yeah, it, it, it totally makes sense.
1: Um, obvious use case there for for both users and protocols. Um, and, and maybe we want to kick this over to the Astroport team um, for a second here. Uh, I, I know that limit orders aren't necessarily a new thing on Astroport. Um, however, Warp is. So maybe you can expand a little bit on why you chose Warp
5: for sure. Um,
2: so the main reason we picked Warp uh is that besides limit orders, um, kind of coming back to what Vlad said, we can do way more than that. One example that I would personally love to see on app.askreport.fi um is related to liquidity providers. So for example, you could um set up a job on Warp. Um to LP your assets in a specific pool, once the uh, pool price uh, hits a certain like limit. For example, in the Luna USDC pool, Luna needs to be like, mm, let's say $1. um, And at that point you're willing to LP like 10 Luna and uh, yeah, like another 10 USDC, for example. Um, Or On the other hand, you can also like program, um, like warp a job on warp to withdraw your liquidity at a specific point. So, for example, you don't want to incur too much I/O. You might want to withdraw from a specific pool, like tokens ABC and USDC, when token ABC like crashes by let's say fifty percent. So you can like set up a job on warp to do that for you, and you don't need to kind of monitor. Uh, that pool at all times to kind of do that. Um, so the idea with work is that initially it made it easy for like ask builders to add uh, limit orders on, on um, the ask report app. Um, but later down the line, it makes it even easier to add other features that the community might want.
1: So yeah, no, it sounds like a pretty key piece of this is 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 not only the functionality right now with limit orders, but the flexibility um, to build different things, uh, you know, b- both through protocols and decentralized through other people. Um, That's very interesting. I am curious, uh, you know, while we while we're on the topic, uh, are are there any other um, applications, even even if they're not necessarily on the roadmap now, but just exciting things that you think could be done with Warp?
3: Yeah. So um, or- along along. What, what Stefan was just saying, um, you know, Warp, Warp is so exciting because you can literally do anything with it. And as he was, you know, saying this idea, um, I literally just came up with another one where it's like, how cool would it be if you have like a, a set of LPs, right? A set of liquidity pools that have, you know, a, a certain APY to them? You could basically use Warp to migrate your liquidity. To the highest APR, so you can set your condition to be, you know, I I, I like these three LPs, right? Like uh, Luna USDC, uh, Luna Astro, um, and then Astro USDC. Um, except you want to delegate to the one with the highest APY. You can set up a warp job that continuously monitors these three pools, and then basically does that for you. So it automatically delegates and 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 stakes LPs. Um. So that's just something I came up with right now, and I think that's like. The super exciting thing about warp is that you can literally do anything as long as the data on chain is available for it um but going back to your question um some things that we did think about um there's a couple so right now um i know Eris was using the beta and they're going to be migrating over to um over to mainnet astroport they do um restaking so Um, For their protocol for um, liquid staking derivatives, the way it works is I think it's every 24 hours, there is um, like withdrawal of staking rewards and then it automatically gets um, redeposited. So auto compounded. Um, You can build auto compounders. um, And then in particular, also for enterprise, there's two use cases. So one would be automatic proposal execution. So um, when a user... Typically right now, when you submit a proposal and the voting finishes, someone has to go ahead and execute that proposal. So uh, the message actually gets sent off from the DAO. You could automate that using warp where once the timeline ends, the voting is over, it automatically gets executed. Um, And then again, in in, in enterprise, we see another use case where um, we're seeing protocols and and DAOs um, auto-distribute rewards um, you could set that up through Warp, so like every twenty four hours or every week, you automatically distribute the rewards to to all the users in your DAO. I
1: always like to pause, make sure no one else wanted to chime in there. But no, that's really interesting and um, you know, Vlad, when you were talking <laughs> when you were talking about this, the, the idea that you just came up with, right? It almost reminded me a little bit of Game of Alliance, right, where people would bounce around and try to find the best APY, um, but with Warp in this scenario. Uh, it, it, that's kind of interesting, you know, kind of just bouncing around to different pools to, to make sure you earn the highest
3: rewards. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. So it's like, you, you know, people usually ask, you know, what does warp do? Right. Like that's, that's the first question. Um, and, and the answer is like basically whatever you want it to do, like you can think of it almost like a programming language where it's so generalizable and so composable that you can attach any protocol or any combination of protocols, and whatever whatever you're able to imagine, um, if that data is all found on chain, you could basically execute it using Warp.
2: I actually have two questions here. Um, so the first one is: Is it? I guess it's possible um, to provide liquidity one-sided in a stable swap pool using warp right like let's say um let's take the example of st luna luna and let's say someone tries to manipulate that stable swap and make it super imbalanced like manipulate the ST luna price in order to wreck lps um, is it possible for someone to provide like only st luna or only luna uh, through warp through a warp job in that pool when the pool price hits a specific target? That's, I guess, my first question.
3: Yeah, so in, in that case, your condition would be um, probably the balance of the pool, right? Um, and then in that case, your your message. So a job typically comp- uh, it contains two main components. It has the condition and it has uh, the list of messages. So in your condition, it would be like, okay, the pool balance has to be uh, this amount, And then my message is I want a single stake ST Luna um, when the pool is is out of balance by this much. And so since both of those things are on chain, obviously you can check the pool balance using using the query through Astroport. Um, And then you just send off the message
2: uh, using Astroport as well. All right. Um, The second question is related to IBC. Do you see a future where you deploy work on multiple cosmos chains? And for example, I send a message from Terra to whatever Neutron injective saying, hey, um, I want to swap like these tokens cross chain using two different AstroPort deployments. And I want to swap like Luna from Terra to, I don't know, some token ABC on Neutron. Is that possible?
3: Right, Right. so um, it's technically possible. I think the 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 question now lies in like the way you implement that. So if you wanted to do it right now, um, there's a way like using um, interchain accounts and then using interchain queries as well, um, where you could uh, send it over already um, using warp using um, using interchain accounts. So you send over your assets to your interchain accounts. Once they get there, you do something um, after you query that would probably require a little bit of work due to how, you know, IBC, ICA works. Um, so it would be like a question of like optimizing how you would do that. But as of now, um, Warp is available um, with, it, it, I, it is compatible actually with IBC. So IBC messages are, um, are available. So if you want to do like kind of a, a send and forget type of thing, um, you could already use warp to do that. Um, uh, but if you want to do some more complex actions, uh, that would require a bit more brainstorming um, and then setting up like kind of outposts and contracts on the on on different chains. Um, but what we are looking to do is complete warp deployments on on different chains. So what you could do here, um, for this case in particular, is imagine we have Warp set up on, on Terra and then Warp set up on um, on Neutron, for example, right? And you want to send over some assets from Terra to Neutron and then swap them on Ash Report, um, which, which would be found on Neutron. Um, once we have the entirety of the Warp deployment set up um, on Neutron, what you're able to do is create like, a second warp account for that user on Neutron, um, have those assets sent from account on Terra onto the account on on Neutron. And then you could set up a warp job, kind of like preset a warp job on Neutron that would detect when these assets arrive. And once they do, it would complete the strategy from the Neutron side of things.
2: Gotcha, I see. And um, I guess, sorry, bonus question. Um, do you think it's possible like if Warp is really like a programming language I would expect it to work across not just cross-chain but cross ecosystems um and in this in this um case I'm imagining like a potential integration between Cosmos and Ethereum where you send a message from um, Cosmos and it gets bridged over to Ethereum and something happens on the other side um do you see like a this like scenario Happening for warp, um,
3: I I see it being possible, um, but in that case, I think we would need to write up the contracts
2: w- using
3: Solidity. Um, do the same thing on Ethereum, um, so it would require a bit more work. But again, I believe that if you really wanted to play around with it right now, you could probably use um, Axelar's generic uh, message passing. To get to Ethereum, and then also do something with that. So right now, I I, I think you could do like kind of a fire and forget kind of kind of like what you do right now when we only have Warp deployed on Terra. Um, I think you could do that using GMP. Um, I'd have to make sure, but eventually, um, if we're capable of of you know writing the, the Warp contracts in Solidity and deploying it on Ethereum then you would use a combination of Axelar's GMP to get it over there. And then once those assets are over there, the Ethereum version of the warp deployment would um, would act the same way as it would on, on, on a Cosmos chain.
5: Um, yeah, yeah, I hope that answers your question. Very cool, thank you. I, I, I think, I read a quote on Twitter just a couple of days ago where
3: someone said, "Every chain is a Cosmos chain. Some just aren't connected to IBC yet," um, implying that you know in the future ETH ETH will also be a Cosmos chain uh, connected um, connected through IBC.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, uh, bold statement, but we like that. We like that on space. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I there are, I know there are several projects right now kind of working on bringing um, IBC cross, I want to say composable was one of them and there's a few others as well. So maybe you'll be, maybe you'll be right, Vlad. Uh, as long as we're, we've kind of settled on this topic, I want to make sure I'm not, um, taking anything away from it. I I am kind of curious from just like basic, some of the, maybe the more basic reasons why, um, a protocol would, uh, use warp, uh, and, and tell me if I'm, you know, off base here, but, I, my assumption is that it also can reduce costs, right? Is that one of the things that it can do?
3: Um, so for for protocols, absolutely, because protocols are now not required to run their own bots, right? And so instead of you know the the protocol paying for all the automation, all of their own keepers, um, instead the user would pay the the warp reward which is basically what the what the keeper gets for executing that and then um and then instead of the protocol you know fronting all the costs it would be distributed um in smaller portions among the users i can let um i can let ash Report speak a little bit about that as well because i think that's relevant
2: so the only thing i have in mind right now is um Actually, another question, I'm wondering if it's possible to build some kind of abstraction so that um, a DAO or whatever, some kind of mechanism pays on behalf of users for everything that they do on work because adding a, a even a fixed cost on top of what they already pay to interact with a specific chain is not ideal. Right, so right now, um we
3: don't have plans of changing the fee mechanism but we could definitely take some some suggestions for the community um if they have any ideas on you know how um on, on like more efficient fee mechanisms as well
2: all right yeah because uh right now people who um use limit orders on astroports reports like as you said already uh they need to pay by themselves for the Execution of each job on warp. Um, so ideally, we find a workaround around that, like a, a workaround for that.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm definitely open to discussing that, and um, you know, if any ideas fly our way, we definitely take a look and um, and 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 see what we could do for that.
1: I think a question that um, conceptually has been bugging me, and maybe other audience members maybe don't have a full grasp of it as well as so the keeper bots are obviously essential in making sure that this protocol works and runs as intended. Um, So is there a big market for keeper bots right now? Um, Do you see this being very profitable for users uh, that set these up or protocols that set these
3: up? I'm just curious your thoughts on that. So I think as long as warp jobs are profitable for the keeper there will be keepers in the market. So um currently um I'm running a keeper and I'm finding that you know for some jobs I'm actually getting beat out um and I have no idea who these other keepers are right? Like I'm not coordinating um with them it could literally be anybody. Um and I think as long as you know something will be profitable there will be bots that come in and do that and for a job to be profitable, the reward has to be um, slightly greater than the, uh, than the gas it takes to run that execution. And so the reason I think that there will be bots, um, if they're, like, like Keeper bots, if, if, if there will be profit, is because um, in the past and even now, um, if, if you snoop the chain a little bit, you'll see that there's a lot of arbitrage happening. Um, and a lot of the times, the profit that is made by these arbitrage bots is, is very minimal. Like sometimes you see a few cents at a time, yet people are still doing it because over time that compounds and then you see people making profits. And so I think over time, we're going to see kind of like the, the open market uh, take hold and determine the most efficient uh, prices for both, um, for both jobs. And then, and then methods for execution. So um, to, to wrap back around, I think, yeah, if there is profit, there, there's the incentive for, for people to run, run their own bots.
4: And like, what's also interesting about Warp Keepers is that they're like very lightweight programs. So essentially, uh, you can run it on a phone if you want, or like whatever device you have, maybe on a fridge. <laughs> yeah, so actually during
3: beta testing, I had I had my keeper bot running on my Raspberry Pi, which for those of you that don't know has very limited processing power, um, like four gigabytes of RAM. Um, so yeah, super lightweight. You can basically run it on anything. That's awesome. Yeah, no, and and I I find that fascinating,
1: right? That we're going to. Um, <laughs> it's almost like there's going to be, like you said, price realization almost the way you would see with tokens, right? Where you kind of have to let the market decide what the price is going to be. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, how jobs are priced in, obviously in accordance a little bit with the gas, like you're saying, making sure they're
3: profitable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like over time, um, just based on my predictions, I would predict that um, eventually job creators are going to, are, are gonna price their jobs very close to what gas is. And then you're gonna have to kind of have the market decide like how much profit is enough profit for a keeper to run. I think that's gonna take a bit of time, a bit of experimentation. Um, and you know, if if a job doesn't get run, um, it either means that you know the job isn't profitable or isn't profitable enough. And then it's up to the job creator to kind of add reward and, um, and figure out, you know, what at, at what point will my job actually be run? I just want to, um, a, a, yeah, and, and, that, and that totally
1: makes sense. Um, I just think that the whole dynamic of it is going to be very interesting to see. Um, I, I do want to remind the audience, though, right now, um, at any point, uh, you know, this is a community space, right? So go ahead and raise your hand if you have a question. Um, I will see you, and then eventually, in about five minutes or so, We'll kind of open it up to to start bringing people up here to ask your uh, your questions. So please don't be shy. Uh, you know, friendly space. We're happy to have you up and answer your questions. Uh, I, I did actually want to, and I feel like we're giving you a lot of speaking time right now, Vlad. So we're going to have to kick it over to Astroport soon. <laughs> but um, I saw a tweet that you uh, from a couple of days ago, and you were talking about abstraction on Astroport and how you know this was a perfect example of it with limit orders. And I was curious with the vision of Warp. Do you see um, abstraction kind of like primarily being uh, the end state or the goal, or do you think there's going to be a mix of some jobs abstracted and then others just directly from the job board?
3: Uh, does that question make sense? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think I think there might be people that create jobs using the job board and kind of manage it from there. But the goal eventually is to make Warp so invisible that people don't even know they're using it. Um, So unless you look at the transactions and you know it's going from warp, you don't really know that it's actually going through warp, right? Like you don't want your users knowing that like, oh, I'm using AWS or Google Cloud or Azure, right? Like nobody actually cares about that. Um, So what users care about is that, um, you know, these protocols are now enabling them um, to, to have new experiences that they couldn't have before and it just works. And so the goal for that is going to be complete abstraction. And I think Astroport did a fantastic job with that. Um, so if, if, you guys, if you guys actually submit a limit order on Astro, you'll see that um, they integrated their own like limit order board. Um, you could see the price and, and the rate at which you're planning to buy. You can see um, the time at which you submitted it and you can see the status for it as well. Um, and they, they did that using labels. Uh, so you're able to label each job with whatever labels you want. And then they brought that in to their own UI so that you can control your job, uh, meaning you can cancel or modify it um, right from their dashboard. So you don't even have to go on warp at all um, and you're able to use full warp functionality.
1: We have uh, just actually pinned it to the top in case you haven't had a chance to read. Uh, and maybe I'll just kick it quickly over to the Ashford team. So. Um, just how do you think that, you know, Warp's deployment um, is going to have an effect on AstroPort? Keeping it pretty open-ended, but maybe you can start with limit orders and then some of the other functionality that you're excited about. But like, how do you think it's going to positively impact AstroPort?
2: Yeah, I kind of alluded to this uh, through my my previous questions. Um, One potentially impactful area is just cross-chain communication right like allowing people to easily swap between Astroport deployments um that would be really cool or for example if someone just wants to temporarily bridge some tokens from let's say injective to terra and then at some point bring them back uh they don't want to handle like all the like confusing um ibc denoms uh that you see when you like i when you bridge a token from another chain to like terra for example um you don't want to handle all of that so you might just want to schedule a warp job um that kind of bridges a token on your behalf and then um uh LPs that token on the Terra side. And even like at some point you might want to schedule a job from Injective, so not from Terra, because for for example, you only have INJ to kind of pay for gas. So you want to schedule something from Injective and send that message to Terra. So that in let's say a week from now, these tokens come back to your wallet um and through like that job being executed on Terra. Um so kind of all this like cross-chain communication part uh if warp can kind of simplify that it would make everyone's lives a bit easier especially when, when it comes to uh for example a DJ that wants to jump from chain to chain to do different like things lp uh provide liquidity lend and so on
4: yeah and the one other thing i'd like to add here is that also like the warp the warp web app like kudos to the guys for what they built because The other thing is, like, you don't really need to be a dev to create, like, these jobs. Um, It's really easy, and that's going to allow for, like, a lot of experimentation with, like, all these ideas that we've discussed. Like, you can create jobs and templates, and they've done it in a really, really nice fashion. Uh, Thanks a lot, sir. Um, I got a question for the Astro team. Um, So you guys are working on the shared liquidity AMM model. Is that correct? Uh,
2: We're not, actually. It's still in the... Idea stage, but go on.
4: Um, do you see Warp being like the, the groundwork um, mechanism for like being the share liquidity manager for Astro? Yes, that would actually
2: help the R and D phase a lot because uh, right now you correctly like identify the pain point with that model with shared liquidity AMMs. The cross chain communication part is the trickiest one. Um, uh, and in in uh, inside Cosmos, it's especially tricky because IBC transactions can fail. For example, um, they might time out after 10 minutes uh, from the moment you like initiate the transaction. And if you want to bridge tokens, for example, uh, these tokens come back to you. And at that point, if that you in this scenario is a smart contract instead of a person, um, the smart contract needs to have some to so that it can retry the transaction so it would be really nice if instead of handling all of that on the like smart contract side um each protocol could delegate kind of that part to warp
4: that's interesting like you could create what vlad mentioned earlier like a sentry job which would just keep track of the trace you're waiting for and like retry stuff and like yeah, it it's it's interesting. Because like uh, people already, like uh, open source people already integrated Warp with Z, So essentially you can give warp jobs permissions for your own wallet and like do specific actions um on specific token transfers, be it IBC or whatever transfer it is. Um Sick stuff guys, let's let's cooperate on that.
2: Yeah, there is actually another way to make sure that IBC transactions don't revert is um making sure that each channel like an ibc channel between any two chains remains active uh because i think at this point if i'm not mistaken if if a channel is not used uh i guess depending on how it's configured if it's not used at least once or twice once per day or once every two days uh it goes inactive so one potential use case for warp would be to um gonna send a heartbeat uh, between any like two chains through a, a specific channel to make sure that channel stays active.
3: Oh, you're about to say something, Vlad. I know you were. Yeah, man. Go no, ahead. no. It's it's just fascinating to hear. It's like things I never even thought about with Warp. Every time I talk about Warp with with someone, um, especially people with like a technical background, they they always come up with with situations, and it makes me think like.
0: You know, I I have
3: no idea what people are gonna come up with. And that's just like the most exciting part for me.
1: Yeah, it's um it's really fascinating. And I, <laughs> and and so far my, my head has exploded a couple of times this space. So um you guys are doing a pretty good job at that with coming up stuff on the fly. <laughs> um I, I was wondering, uh can can you can the Ashport team maybe expand on or not expand, summarize um the SLAM model just really quickly. I understand it's an idea right uh, but for people in the audience if you could just give a quick summary of that
2: yeah so um i'll kind of present the pain point through i guess a story um i think many of you know about uniswap on ethereum right it's the largest amm in the world at the moment um especially if you count the more like the several versions that they released over the years um The problem with Uniswap is that, well, it's also kind of a curse and a blessing. At the same time, they expanded across multiple um, chains. So they are, for example, on Polygon, they are on Ethereum L1, and so on. Um, The problem is that, for example, you might have a lot of liquidity on Uniswap. On uh, Ethereum L1, you might have like 6 billion or whatever uh, amount they have right now. But you might only have like hundred million in uh, the Polygon version of Uniswap V3, and let's say you have the, the exact same two tokens on these two Uniswap deployments. Let's say um, you have a an ETH USDC pool. Uh, the problem is you might you might go to Polygon. You might be a Polygon user and you want to swap in the ETH USDC pool, but the price impact. When you want to swap especially like a large amount of tokens, might be significant compared to the same pool like ETH USDC on um on ETH L1, where you have like let's say a billion uh or maybe a bit less, but let's say in this case a billion worth of liquidity in that pool. And even like a ten million dollar swap is not that big of a deal for that for that uh version of the pool. So what um what we proposed with SLAM was And this is for like astroport the potential future for astroport is kind of solve this problem of wanting to swap the exact same tokens but on different uh chains uh or actually on a different like the version of the same protocol but on a different chain and we said okay well uh what if we could somehow combine the liquidity from in this case polygon and ethereum and if even if you swap Um, In ETH, as you see on Polygon, you get the same price impact or the same, like, quote as you would on Ethereum L1. So um, you get way better price execution than you would have otherwise if you didn't use this, like, shared liquidity AMM model. And the idea is that we assume that on each chain where an AMM is deployed, all the liquidity from all the chains, so in this case, Polygon plus Ethereum, uh, exists on each chain. So in this case, let's say Ethereum uh, Uniswap on Ethereum has like six billion. On Polygon, it only has a hundred million. So in this case, we assume that on both Polygon and Ethereum, on the versions of Uniswap on each of these chains, there is six point one billion worth of liquidity. So when you swap um, in the ETH USDC pool, we assume that all the liquidity from both Ethereum and Polygon um, is on that pool. So you get way better price execution uh even if you swap on polygon you we kind of assume that you swap on ethereum l1 instead of assuming that you only use the liquidity from polygon and the way we do that is we kind of fake the fact that there is all this liquidity on all the chains at, at all times and every every let's say 24 hours um the two deployments in this case, like let's say Uniswap, the two deployments would communicate with each other and they would settle um kind of liquidity between the two outposts. So, for example, if a lot of people swapped a lot of ETH to USDC on Polygon, that the real amount of liquidity, like the real amount of tokens on that ETH USDC pool, is really imbalanced. Like there might be a ton of ETH on the Polygon side in, the, in ETH USDC and a very little. Uh, USDC, so that pool should be arbed. Um, So someone should kind of come and kind of sell a bunch of USDC and get some ETH out. So the way that's done is some of the real liquidity from Ethereum L1 in this case gets bridged over to to Polygon, uh, and it gets added in the ETH USDC pool to kind of balance the that pool that version of the pool on Polygon so that it's at par, like it has like about the same kind of price um, with, compared to like the the same pool on, on Ethereum. Uh, so in a way, like the every, like, in this case, every 24 hours, all the deployments on all the chains of where Uniswap is kind of balance each other out. Like tokens get moved between these kind of deployments, between these outposts. Um, and the protocol kind of self-rebalances in a way. Yeah, it's
1: really fascinating. And I know I asked you like a really hard question to answer because <laughs> um, there's a whole paper about it. If you haven't read it, um, it's worth a read. I would pin it, but it's somewhere in my bookmarks. Um, and, and maybe I can ask just a quick follow-up question. I know we're getting a little bit close on time here, but there's the other side of it too, if I'm not mistaken. you can. Uh, doesn't the liquidity provider also benefit from being able to have their liquidity kind of benefit from the different um i guess the the different demand cross-chain if that's a good way of saying it
2: yeah so the idea in this case is uh again you might only have um you know i'll continue with the uniswap example because it's slightly easier than cosmos let's um, you only have eth on ethereum l1 and you can only pay gas fees with eth um, and you cannot for some, example, for some reason, you cannot pay gas on Polygon, but you still want to participate in Uniswap. So you would still want to be an LP. You still want to get fees from all the training activity that happens on Uniswap. And you want to get a kind of slice of the pie from Polygon as well. But without actually interacting with Polygon, you want to LP on Uniswap on Polygon without actually interacting with that chain. So the way uh, you do that in, in SLAM is the only LP on Ethereum L1. And when this rebalancing happens, like in this case, every 24 hours between Ethereum and Polygon, some of your tokens from Ethereum get automatically transferred to Polygon in order to balance out all the changes that from the swaps that happened in the last 24 hours. So in a way you become an LP on all the chains that are connected through this SLAM model. That's kind of the advantage, but the disadvantage is that in case one of these chains blows up, so for example, Polygon halts for some reason, uh, your liquidity might get stuck. So that's the disadvantage of like sharing liquidity.
1: Well, this is, I I mean, across the board, this has really been a fascinating conversation. Um, And uh, I I guess you heard it here first, right? Um, I guess we can only call it an idea, right? Slam, right? But uh, Ashport and Warp are talking about it and potential integrations together with this idea. Uh, I would like to just take the last few minutes. Uh, we did have one person that requested to speak, but I don't see their hand anymore. Um, maybe a little bit of a shy audience today, but give you all a chance uh, to give any like final words, uh, call to actions. Oh wait, oh wait, we just got the request. All right, and it's gone. Oh, no, wait, no, they're bringing them up. Okay, great. Hey, go ahead whenever you're ready. Ask your question, man.
5: Hey, hey, hey. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yep. Nice. Okay, so uh, first question is, I guess, to astral part. So is there any plan to open source the front end so like more community member can play with it or like build more function into it? Cause we are building, we're playing, uh, we're trying to build limit holder and DCA on top of WARP and Astroport. But uh, because Astroport front end is not open source, so we have to build our own front end and it's uh, it's a very ugly one.
2: So the frontends that you see on app.astroport.phi is maintained by Delphi Labs. Um, I think it will stay private for now, but we are thinking of potentially Dockerizing that front end, so dockerizing the code so that anyone can um run that front end locally if they want to um so that kind of is a way to make sure that anyone can like step in and like run the Astroport app in case something like happens
5: to app.sportify i see yeah that makes sense okay um, another question is uh so in terms of the protocol paying the reward on behalf of the Paying the job reward on behalf of the user or job creator. I want to know how do you guys feel about like protocol owning the warp account. So right now, I guess uh, if I go to Astroport and I create a limit order, I need to create my own warp account first. And uh, like if I'm gonna swap Luna to USDC at a certain price, my Luna will stay in my own. Warp account, but uh, if Astroport uh, basically Astroport governance uh, maintain a VARp account and it holds all the users found using for those limit orders there. and you can also like uh, deposit reward into that account in that in that case. Like users don't need to, uh, like pay the job reward. I guess that's one solution I can think of now. Wanna know how do you guys feel about it?
3: Yeah. So honestly, I th- I think it'd be up to the protocol, um, to decide how they want to do that. That is like a possibility. Like if Astroport wants to do that, they can route it through um, a warp account created by Astro Governance, um, and then Astro Governance would have to decide to you know fund fund the, the rewards for that, so definitely a possibility. I would say it's it's up to the protocol to determine, um, you know, the approach they want to take, whether they want to um, outsource the the cost of, of running that to the individual user, or you know, have governance front front the cost and make it make it less of a load on the user.
5: I see. I see. Thank you. Uh, I don't have other questions.
1: Hey, thanks for coming up. Really appreciate it always better when we get a little bit of a community engagement. So thanks for your questions. Uh, Just want to throw it back to the uh, call to action. We'll just go around because I know we're getting close on time. Any final words, Alpha, you want to drop? Roadmap, time is yours. Uh, So we can go ahead and start with Warp. Anything you want to say?
3: Yeah, I I just want to give a quick shout out to to BOC or Bach and and his friend Luke. Um, Been super, super active within the Warp community. Um, playing around doing some really cool things so it's super exciting to see you know community members step up and and you know experiment a little bit and play around
4: so shout out to them for that
3: anything you want to say
4: georgie i can close this off um with a very cringe line um i like to like why people use blockchains um it's a it's a software you can trust right it's a it's a It's a synchronous software you can trust with your money and you can only perform synchronous actions, um, which goes by with like synchronous state 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 modifications via execute messages or like function calls or Ethereum. Um, What warp is actually is bringing asynchronous nature to all of that. So by default, blockchains are synchronous in nature and trustworthy. Warp makes them asynchronous and trustworthy. That's it. Ashport, floor is yours. Anything you guys want to say?
5: Um I'm just waiting for warp to
2: launch on all possible like Cosmos chains. So I guess I'll just finish like with when when Cosmos chains, when launch everywhere. Um and once that happens, I I would love to like focus a bit more on um, cross-chain use cases.
3: Yeah, so super soon. It's like right at the top of the priority list is, is getting it across to all chains that, that have a use case
5: um so very soon working night and day on that yep that's all i have for now
4: yeah i guess from my end um just yeah congrats warp on the launch and i'm excited to see all the jobs that people can come up with
3: thanks guys i'm, I'm excited to see what you guys come up with as well
1: well this is uh this has been a terrific space. Um, Really easy and natural conversation, which is always good, where I don't have to jump in and ask too many questions. Um, so I just want to say thank you to all the speakers for being here today. Um, I know you're taking time of your busy day uh, working on protocols to come and speak to the community, uh, which means a lot to all of us and um, giving us some precious alpha there. Uh, so that's that's always great. Uh, and then thank you to everyone here uh, for tuning in. Um, you know, shout out to you all. Uh, Obviously, Terra ecosystem has been through a lot, uh, and so it shows a lot when people stick around and still interested in the tech and what's being built, um, even as it takes on um, a a greater cross-chain role, which I think is exciting. Uh, But other than that, um, I'm going to go ahead and give just a shout out to all these guys up here. If you're not following them right now, go ahead and do it. Um, They're way smarter than probably most of us. but and and they're definitely worth keeping an eye on as well as their protocols, Astroport and Warp. Make sure you're you're following them, keeping up to date. Maybe go try out limit uh, orders on Astroport and see what that was all about. Um, but other than that, I just hope everyone has a really great weekend. Uh, and you enjoy the holidays if you're in the United States. So thanks again for everyone here.
2: Thanks, dude. Thanks, everyone.
3: Pre- thanks, guys. Appreciate you volunteering your time and, and hosting this as well. It's been a blast. Okay, that's always a blast. Thanks, thanks, blast. There's this principle in like Taoism, there's this principle in like Taoism like, Dao- where it's just, like the more you fight something, the more like the opposite of what you want, like just inevitably kind of starts to happen. There's this principle in like Taoism, Tao. Taoism, Dao- taoism was worth
0: no more humility, futility, plus size Motherfuckers leaking from the wrench down to the bare metal Which side of the line you beating out on when the dust settles? Motherfucking Westside west shit, needle and noose Sticking with my armory Yam, Beto and Bruce Repping psychedelic artistry, believing the truth Like these motherfuckers even need a reason to sue? GM Is it GFM? really is it worth all the effort?
3: Is it really worth all the fighting? Is it really worth all the drama? And the
0: answer, I think he's clear now.